Garden files lost. Now activating John Howey protocol. Garden files found. Initiating lost files. Captain, we have a proximity alert with the planet Gigori. We are approaching collision. Quix, get somebody on the comms. Enter in the security code. Security code accepted. Hello, devoted geeks, and welcome to episode three of Com Talk, the podcast extension of Geek Devotions, the YouTube show from a couple of devoted geeks devoted to letting people know that they're loved. I am Dallas, and on today's episode, special guest Scott Etheridge and I talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two and some really very interesting aspects of the movie. Now, Scott and I have a pretty interesting relationship. He is my pastor, he's my boss, and he's also one of the mentors that I have in my life. Over the last eight years, Scott and I have had a lot of really, really neat conversations, and recently we had one about Guardians of the Galaxy that I thought absolutely needed to be part of this podcast. I want you guys to do me a favor, though. As you listen to this podcast, please interact with us. Send us your thoughts of um, what you uh, what you're thinking about, what what your thoughts are on, on what we're saying, and if you have your own opinion about some of the stuff that's happening in the movie, please send us your your thoughts and, and opinions via Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, you can simply look us up on all those platforms by typing in Geek Devotions. If you're watching this on YouTube, obviously you can leave comments in the description down below. Uh, make sure though you stick around to the end of the show to hear who is our devoted geek of the week. Uh, and how you can become next week's Devoted Geek of the Week. So, without any further ado, let me bring Scott in with us. All right, uh, Scott, it's good to have you on ComTalk with us. Uh, if you could, uh, like I said in the intro, you're, uh, we're, you and I have a, a very different relationship because you're my pastor and my boss and, and, and mentor and all that good stuff. But if you could tell the people uh, listening kind of who you are, where you're from, and what you do. <laughs> Sure, I, uh, I'm the lead pastor at The Healing Place, and um, I am a self-professed non-geek, <laughs> so um, I, uh, I, I, do not, uh, I do not declare myself to be an expert in geekdom or anything else, um, but just knowing you and getting connected to what you guys have been doing with Geek Devotions uh, just have, kind of has piqued my interest in and intrigue and so as you know I've been asking you a lot of questions and trying to figure out what's what and right. all this stuff and I don't suppose that I'll be a geek tomorrow but, uh, <laughs> but a lot of that stuff does speak to me in a different way yeah um, and so um, but anyway that's that's kind of who I am and that's what I do and I, I love leading and I love people and you know I love interesting um, avenues to be able to convey truths to people just like this uh, so I'm very intrigued with all this and it's very cool the way you guys are doing it and uh, uh, just for the listening audience uh, and he's probably going to turn red but I am very super proud of him and just kind of what, what they're doing and how they're doing it so it's just very cool <laughs> thanks so much so you guys wonder what some of the, the atmospheric noise is we're, we're coming to you live from a remote location <laughs> <laughs> otherwise pastors man cave <laughs> we got tools everywhere we got no wake zone in michigan 
uh, football Wolverines. Is that it? That's it. So you're from Michigan originally, transplanted to Arkansas. Yeah. And uh, so just a really interesting past, and you have a very unique outlook on things. Uh, like, so you're not really a geek right. uh, necessarily, but um, you do have your your own kind of geekdom, if you will, which is um, the the music, the mindset, and everything. We're gonna get into a little bit of that with um, the movie um, Guardians Galaxy and specifically Volume Two. Yeah. Uh, before we get into the music aspect of it, uh, what are some things about it that just kind of popped out to you about Guardians of the Galaxy? And for the listeners, there probably will be some spoilers happening. So if you're one of those like super anti-spoiler people, um, uh, plug your ears, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> or hit pause. I guess that's easy too. Yeah, I think uh, I was intrigued with with Volume One with the uh, fatherlessness or uh, kind of the absentee father, uh, the abusive father. There were many different characters in volume one right. that really dealt with, without really dealing with it, quote unquote, the father issue. Mm-hmm. You know, where, where you're talking about um, Gamora and Nebula and the father issues. And, and you, even in the first one, Yandu, you kind of know something's, you know, something's not quite right. Yeah. You know, there's something missing. And then, of course, Star-Lord's Lord. So you kind of get that whole, but you don't really know what's going on in Volume 1. You don't know the whole backstory, but you know there's some issues with, with that. So Volume 2, when I watched it, that immediately, because they go into the storyline, and I'm going to try my best not to go spoiler, <laughs> but they go into the storyline of his dad. Right. And once that story starts unfolding, whether it was conscious, subconscious, or the story just dictated you had to go there, yeah, the the story really goes into every single individual almost that's a part of the storyline is dealing with some kind of loss, something that's absent, um, uh, someone, something that's absent from them, and the story just kind of unfolds that way. So, uh, you know, with Drax, of course, it's his family. Uh, but yet he's still got some issues with even like male authority and different things. So, I mean, there's a whole storyline there. And of course, uh, Gamora and Nebula and all of that stuff that comes with that. Yeah. And and in volume two, they open up Star-Lord and then it opens up Yondu and then it opens up Rocket. And then you end up with Yondu and Rocket, you know, this raccoon and this dude with this arrow. Right. Again, I'm not a geek, but <laughs> this dude with this arrow. Right. And they find out that they are really alike in a lot of ways. And then it comes, the story kind of climaxes with this whole, they're face to face crying almost of like, whoa, right. there's really something going on here. And it all goes back to the past. Yeah. And it really goes back to their quote unquote, you know, for Rocket, it would be his creator, you know, and then for Yondu, his father, quote unquote, his creator. Right. Same thing with Star-Lord. So I was super intrigued and you know me. That fathering stuff is a big deal for me. Right. Uh, whether people know the Lord or not, mm-hmm. they know God or they don't know God or they had a good parent or, or father or bad father. That has always intrigued me, just the role that that fathers play. And they really open that up. And by, it, to me, anyway, that was just me watching it. Right. Everybody's going to have their own lens. But to me, that was fascinating. Yeah. I, I would probably go and watch that over and over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One and Two will probably be in my movie collection. Yeah, and I'm a total non-geek. Right. Yeah, but it will be there 
because of that storyline. Yeah. And I will probably go back and dissect all of that mm-hmm. and go, oh, I missed that on the first go around. Right. Here's where that root issue was with their dad. Right. And then, of course, with me, it'll probably turn into some type of teaching or sermon <laughs> or something. Something. Yeah, something. But I was fascinated by yeah. that. And I, I was glued. Yeah. I was literally glued to that one theme through the yeah. whole entire movie. Well, it's great the way that it has a, a, a great story. You know, you did Geek Devotions for us, an actual uh, YouTube episode. And those of you who are just your only podcast listeners, check out our channel, youtube.com, forward slash Geek Devotions. And uh, Pastor actually did an episode. He talked about the four elements of a story. And so uh, you and I, we've talked in length in the past that that's something that's kind of missing in modern day film. Yeah. It's a decent story. And it feels like Guardians of the Galaxy really does that. Almost to the point, like, and I don't know if it's on purpose. I'm assuming it is on purpose, but not only telling the story through the action and everything, but through the music. And that's that's really the interesting aspect for me. And I know that that's something that caught your eye real big was the music aspect. And, right. And you're kind of a self-proclaimed music historian, <laughs> encyclopedia. Uh, I wish some of you guys could be at our staff meetings because um, our associate pastor, he's also a music nut. And sometimes these two will go off on tangents about things that I don't know anything about. And so it's, it's quite interesting to listen to are here. So, Pastor, uh, if you could just walk us through, what about the music? What stuck out to you about the music and, and the underlining with the story that was happening? Well, um, the one thing that I, I immediately noticed was that, um, you know, they literally, Peter Gabriel's song, Father and Son, Mm-hmm. Or not Peter Gabriel, but there the, was the a song, the Father and Son. Mm-hmm. That song is literally in volume two. Yeah, and so there's like this, the, there's like this uh, intentional thread through all of that. And so uh, you know, you see songs like um, uh, Southern Nights, um, Bring It On Home to Me, The Chain, um, all these different songs. Many of them were done by popular people, but they intentionally, I believe, in volume two, picked these nondescript groups who had maybe one hit. Mm-hmm. And they used that one hit through this whole storyline. And it's interesting to me that, you know, one hit wonders are almost like the fatherless people in the story. Right. They have this one thing and they're always trying to capture it back, but it's gone. And they have to kind of lean on that one thing, mm-hmm. but something's missing. Right. You know, something's missing. And those end up being the, 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 the groups that end up at the state fairs, you know, playing at the state <laughs> fair, you know. And and they're known for this one thing, but they wrap their identity up in that one thing. And you can see that in all the characters. They wrap their identity in certain things because right. they were missing something else. Yeah. And so all of their actions were coming out of this, I'm missing this. And, and in this movie, I believe it's that father right. issue. And so I thought it was really interesting, even the song choices, you mm-hmm. know, um, and, and a lot of movies do that. You mm-hmm. know, they, they will use songs that really pull out the story, but sometimes they'll overuse it. Right. And I don't think they did that. I think really, I believe this movie was marketed specifically to my generation. You know, right. I'm 48 years old. Mm hmm. And I am I am old enough to have adult kids, which I do. Right. But I'm also young enough the way that people are having children today mm-hmm. to have, if I wanted to, mm-hmm. we could have children that were four and five year olds. Right. So my generation has an expanse of, we can have kids from newborns all the way probably to like 28, 
30 years old. Yeah, absolutely. We can have children in that age range, which is basically every demographic that they would want to hit with a movie as far as kids to young adults, those could be my children. Right. Which if the movie attracts me, then I'm going to take my kids to it. Exactly. And so then it hits all of those. So I thought it was interesting that a lot of the music was selected from my time frame, mm-hmm. kind of marketed directly to me. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so I thought that was pretty interesting, the storyline to that, which what that's what you'll see in a lot of even commercials today. A lot of the music is directed towards, as far as the adult adult, quote unquote, mm-hmm. it's towards me, like right. a, a car commercial. It'll be towards me, to influence someone else and right. then they'll break off of that and then the next soundtrack for that commercial will be for the 30 year old or the millennials or whatever you want to call them right but they will start off with me the Xer, right you know the generation x and and so i thought that was really cool the way they use that and again you know me music as soon as the first note gets i'm just like okay what are they trying to say with this right you know how does this fit in the story <laughs> what are they trying to what mood are they trying to set for this right and from the very beginning of volume two, the very first song, and I'm not going to tell you what it is just in case you didn't see it, but pay attention to it. If you haven't seen the movie, pay attention to it. When they're in the car, they're driving. It's back in the 70s. Right. You tell it's 60s, 70s-ish. Um, they're in the clothes. They're listening to the music, and the song's playing in the background. And that song pretty much lays the foundation for everything that's going to go into that. So I thought that was really cool, the way they use music. Right. Now, I... I haven't seen the movie yet, so I'm, I'm, I'm one of those ones that's kind of on the outside of some stuff. But I know that uh, for me, uh, coming at, with the media background, with making films and everything, music's important about setting a tone and emotion uh, in a film. Was there a portion of it where you felt like that that's what they were doing with the music? Was that were really setting the an emotional tone to it? Or was it just simply creating a storyline to it? You know, music used in movies will dictate your emotional response. Right. So like in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 was, you know, like when they played Mr. Blue Sky, the very upbeat, very dun 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 Well, that wasn't in a part of the movie that was horrible and people were being murdered and slaughtered right. and all that. It was yeah. kind of this light moment. Right. But then they turn around and play The Chain, you know, and, and The Chain's more of a introspective, mm-hmm. you know, I'm trying to declare something, say something here. Right. It's not a light Absolutely. tone. It has kind of a heavier yeah. deal to it. So I think they did a great job at, at, at mixing all of that. But again, the, the thread through the whole entire thing, they did right. a really great job of putting it in there but not overdoing it. Right. Now, I did read one critic that said, you know, this is one of those movies that uses the music for the storyline and it makes for a weak story. I didn't see that at all in this right. movie. I thought, thought it complimented everything really good. Good, 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 good. So with that being said, Scott, um, would you recommend this movie into into who would you recommend this movie? Because you know, you're you're like to say you're 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 not a geek necessarily, but you really enjoy the movie. So who would you recommend this movie to and or would you recommend it to anybody? Yeah, I think, you know, especially my generation, you know, I if you're you know, if you're 45, 55, you know, I think you really connect to the storylines being laid out here, and right. plus the music. But also the younger generation, those who are, because again, my perspective and your perspective are going to be a little bit different. Sure. I'm looking for storyline 
you're kind of looking for storyline, but you're looking at characters because you know the the origination of it. Right. So you know the origin of the comic, the the whether it was a, a cartoon series, whether it was whatever. Sure. You know the origin. Right. So you guys are looking at it and you're going, oh, I wish they wouldn't have done that with that character because right. that wasn't true to... Right. I didn't look at it with, right. with those lenses at all. Yeah, you came into it very raw, which is, I think is actually probably a better experience for, for people, in my personal opinion. Yeah, because I, I wasn't sitting there going, oh, you know, the, the original wasn't this, this, this. It yeah. was just like, okay, what's going on in this? Right. And so the, actually the story drew me into the characters. Right where I think maybe sometimes, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, maybe sometimes for you guys that either it was a comic that became a movie or whatever, you're kind of looking at what are they doing with this character yeah. that I fell in love with? Yeah. And are they staying true to it? Then you dig into the story and you kind of let that lay out that way. Absolutely. I would, I would agree to that. Um, again, as a person who grew up with comic books and all that stuff, like a lot of it has come out and going, you know, is this really a character that I grew up in love or, or not? Or are they... And, and sometimes, and there's people that... I'm one of those ones that I go into a movie and I try to take it just for itself because I am, I'm not just a comic book nut, but I'm also a big film person. So I had to, I'm a big fan of people taking artistic license, doing what they're going to do within some reason. So I'm a little, little more lax in some, um, uh, there's, there was a movie that came out years ago, years ago called Dragon Ball Evolution. And most of the people in the anime community hated this movie. And they were like, this is not Dragon Ball at all. And, and they're right. It's not, it has elements of it. It's a fun movie if you just want to waste some time and you're like, I'm bored, want something with a little bit of action and some fun with some Dragon Ball elements, sweet, but it's not a Dragon Ball movie at all. Yeah. And so uh, I do believe there are some people like, they're so caught up in that, that they're distracted from a story. Now granted, Dragon Ball Evolution was not a good story at all. It was it's one of those, <laughs> you're really, really bored if you want to go ahead and watch this. Right. Or you're one of those completionists. So would you prefer, and let me yeah. flip the script yeah. on you and ask sure. you this. Would you prefer then that they would not use the entity of Dragon Ball, mm -hmm. but maybe title it something else using elements of it, but not going, okay, this is Dragon Ball. Maybe it's, hey, it's evolution. Right. And then Dragon Ball is not in the title or anything, and they just use elements of the story. I think in that particular situation, that is exactly what they should have done mm -hmm. uh, with recognition of certain things. Even like Kira Toriyama, who's the creator of Dragon Ball, uh, he came back and said, this was not good. And th there's been two projects he's done that with. Uh, there was a series called Dragon Ball GT, which he was not part of. And he's like, what have you done to my baby? <laughs> right. And evolution was kind of along those lines. And so um, I think that with stuff like that, there's almost the, while I'm a big fan of people saying creative licensing and doing stuff, when there's something that has a heritage, you need to go back to the people who, had that, who were part of that heritage to begin with like in the case of Dragon Ball, like go back to Toriyama and go, hey, look, this is what we want to do with something you created. And, uh, you know, we want to make something that's honoring and respectful of what you've done. Give us some wisdom, tell us what you think, and shape it that way. And if you're they're just going to go off the rails, I think don't call it Dragon Ball. Yeah. You know, right. I think there's a, there's a lot of aspects to that. Because you almost lose your core crowd, right? Exactly. Trying to reach the periphery people, right? you kind of lose your core crowd. So how do you believe they did with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. Well, I think they've done a great job. I think it actually rejuvenated the franchise as a whole. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was one of those fringe books that uh, not a lot of people were really into. Honestly, they were one of those B-list books outside of the, like, you know, you your X-Men and your Avengers. They were kind of one of those ones that were out there. 
and uh, I think it rejuvenated. And it was again, it was they did a great job. They rejuvenated a lot of characters, and they brought a good spin on some stuff. Uh, there were some character redesigns that I thought were good. Uh, Star Lord's story is a little different from what it was, but it's not a bad change. I think it was all very positive and very much in the modern thing, which is a rarity in Marvel comics nowadays. Marvel has done a mistake in not honoring where they come from and done all kinds of weird stuff in the comics lately uh, with um, several characters. They, they've recently brought in a character named uh, Riri, who is a, a African-American, I think, teenager girl, and she is the new Iron Man. Now, they're going back through and they're fixing some stuff, and while and it was Marvel's attempt to, you know, hey, we'll be multicultural, we're reaching new demographics, which I appreciate, I love, but they did it in a dishonoring way, right? and it took away from a lot of their fan base. Well, as somebody with no context, though, in Guardians of the Galaxy, it, the, the storyline is what drew me in. Sure. It was, uh, you know, because again, not only with the father issue, but here you have the mom issue who left, right? Who died, you know, and she leaves. What is she leaving as a legacy? Music, yeah. <laughs> so he's connected to the music, right? But yet he still has this hole for his dad, yeah. And most all the music he's listening to in volume two, it, it's interesting that volume one, you know, each song means something to him, right? But in volume two, the music he listens to actually ties in with the father storyline. Yeah. So it's almost like he's listening to these things that are bringing all this stuff up and it's sure. almost making it all come to the surface. Yeah. And going, hey, I'm going to have to come face to face with my dad. This is going to happen. Right. What am I going to do? Sure. And then, of course, he comes face to face with his dad. And I don't think it's a mistake that dad's name is Ego because <laughs> that really comes through. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the aspect of everybody's life, I really think. Uh, people go, man, what's going on? And sometimes I think it's like the Lord puts us in situations. And for some people, they seem it's like, they're like, this is so random, it doesn't make sense, but it really is God using our circumstances, using our situations to bring stuff to the surface that maybe we buried yeah. for a long time so we can handle them healthy, <laughs> in a healthy manner. Yeah. And so, cool, great. Well, this has been a great conversation, Scott. Um, if you do us a favor, uh, where can people find you uh, and, and tell people about the church and how they can find uh, the healing place? Okay, well, you can find me in Shreveport, Louisiana. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> there you go. Done. <laughs> but uh, I am on Instagram and Twitter, kind of my main uh, vehicles. I'm not a big Facebook guy. Um, I know, I know, everybody, I get it. And I know why you're saying all that. But uh, Dallas, you know that, that most of my stuff is done through the, the, the church, THB Shreveport, Facebook. Um, but uh, I do a lot of church stuff, too, and, and personal stuff on my Instagram. And my Twitter, which uh, my Instagram, uh, which is kind of crazy. I'm not even sure what my handles are on them. But I think it's at Ezekiel478, right? Yeah, I believe so. At Ezekiel478. And uh, and Twitter is at Scott Etheridge. Uh, so I don't know all the other letters that go with that, guys, and backslashes <laughs> and forward slashes and all that stuff. But you can also find us at uh, www.thbshreveport.com. And then we also have a thing we call the Weekly, which you film and right. are part of that uh, it's just kind of cool little quick devotional type thoughts for the week and uh, we have a YouTube channel on that THP Media Productions right and uh, you can subscribe to that and like that and we do some really cool stuff with that um, and then the podcast on thpshreveport.com we feel like that's valuable for people and can really breathe life into you and 
you know, we're not the greatest thing and we're not the worst thing. We're just kind of the things. So right. We feel like it, it will breathe life into you if you listen to it. Absolutely. And you can actually find that podcast on iTunes and, and soon, very soon, it's going to be on Google Play and Stitcher Radio. So if those are your main venues of listening, those will be there. And if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, there will be descriptions in the description down below. And also, if you go to Geek Devotions, um, the Facebook page will have everything and uh, all the links that he just mentioned for you guys to access pretty easily there. Well, Scott, we appreciate you uh, taking your time and, and uh, meeting me at this disclosed, undisclosed location and, <laughs> and, uh, and talking with us and, and geeking out over uh, music because that is a geek thing for many people and I appreciate it so much. Awesome. Thanks, Dallas. We hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Scott. Do us a favor and hit him up on social media and let him know that you appreciated him being here on ComTalk. So two orders of business before we close this thing out. First off, we'd like to congratulate our devoted geek of the week, Jonathan Gilbert. If you haven't yet, you should be getting a message in your Facebook inbox soon, man. Again, we just really appreciate your interaction with us and, and, and the, what you've had to say over the last couple of days. Um, you are an amazing, amazing man. So thank you so much. Uh, if you'd like to be a devoted geek of the week, all you have to do is, to qualify is interact with us and that's the last time I choose you. That's really all it is. Just interact with us, have some good conversation, and you yourself may end up as our devoted Geek of the Week. Also, on Friday's episode of Geek Devotions on YouTube, I said that I would confirm if Thomas of A Nerd in the Verse was in fact a brown coat. And as it turns out, he is. So that's good to know. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks so much for taking time to listen to Com Talk today. If you've if you love this episode and you really enjoyed it, head over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Or if you want, check out um, our stuff on Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio, wherever, wherever you like to get your podcast source from. And uh, yeah, just remember, guys, we really love you guys, and we really, really do appreciate you taking your time to listen to what we have to say, watching our videos, and interacting with us. So until next Sunday, stay devoted, peace, and love.